0: Episode four, My Life is a Junk Drawer. You can be anything. Welcome to My Life is a Junk Drawer with your host, me, Sue Mangum. This podcast is meant to help you clean out the junk in your heart, soul, body, and yes, junk drawer. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me. You are going to love this week's episode. I've spoken with my incredible friend and former nanny, Sydney Weber. She is such a treasure. She came into my life when I was so overwhelmed. She helped create stability and laughter in a dark time for the kids and myself. Sydney really embodies what my life is a junk drawer is all about. She's beautiful, smart, funny, talented, and beautiful. Oh, wait, did I say beautiful? If you look at her from the outside, you would think her life is perfect, but many times in Sid's life, she has felt lost and alone. She struggled in school with ADHD and suffers from anxiety and stress. Come on this journey with us as we open Sydney's junk drawer. As the episode unfolds, you'll see nothing is stopping her now. And wait till you hear how many mismatched earrings she found in her real junk drawer. Here we go. Here we are today with my ever-loving, beautiful nanny that saved me back in 2011 uh, when we were on a mission trip together in Guatemala. And I was about 18 months out of grief, um, losing Mike, and one of my friends had just really pushed me to go on a trip to Guatemala. And if anyone knows me, that's very much out of my comfort zone, leaving my three kids, going to this small little country that I wasn't quite sure, you know, it was military. It could, at any point, we could be stopped. There was a lot of mosquitoes. We could have had malaria. I don't know. There was a lot of things in my mind that I thought could happen. What I didn't imagine was I was going to meet Um, A young woman by the name, back then she was Sydney Scholl, but now she's Sydney Weber, and how she would come into my life and make everything a little more fun, a little easier for me, and a little bit brighter for my kids. And she came in and she started to nanny for me. And um, Sydney, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, so Sydney, I kind of remember our friend TG introducing us. Do you, can you remember that and how it happened?
1: So I think it was 2011 when we went to Guatemala together. Um, I had just finished my second year of college and I was in a very difficult uh, time of life. So every part of me was struggling. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know what my calling was. I changed my mind every day. I changed my major As many times as possible in the education system and nothing ever seemed to really fit um, besides art and which is it's still a constant in my life today Um, but I wasn't hanging out with the best crowd my roommate and I never seemed to get along and I just wasn't in a good headspace I knew I needed to change and deep down all I wanted to do was really come home so I came home for the summer we went on this mission trip and we got to know each other we had a heart-to-heart that I will just never forget You told me your story and your loss with Mike, and it just touched me in ways that you'll never understand. So we went to Guatemala. We had this amazing experience. Um, I met Sue, and I'm not sure of 100% at the time that I was looking for something, but looking back now, I know that I was, and I knew that God was definitely working in my life. Um, Little did I know that Sue was actually searching for something, too. Uh, We were a match right off the bat. I needed a job and a reason to come home, and you needed a nanny.
0: Yes. Um, I was 18 months into my grief, as I had said, and what a lot of people don't know about the second year of grief is that it's sometimes as hard, if not harder, than the first year. Because the first year, you have tons of help, everybody's bringing you dinners, and you're just powering through it. Literally, you're just like, okay, I can get through this birthday, and I can get through this anniversary, and I can get through this holiday. And then the first anniversary comes around. And I don't know if we all think that life is just going to be, ta-da, amazing. uh, Because what I realized was, oh, my gosh, this is my life. And this is what I have to do every single day. And it was hard. So that second year, I kind of was lost, too, not really knowing what to do. I had sold our business. I was working part-time. The kids were at ages that were just like, Nutso and um when when Sydney came into my life, it was like this aha and she just brought a ray uh, her smile just lit up the room and she was able to um I guess we kinda helped each other. Yeah, absolutely. Point.
1: I needed a reason to come home and you gave me an opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I don't I Personally, I forget a lot of stuff. I remember sitting down with you, and I remember our talk. I can't remember exactly what we talked about. Yeah. And um, I think that's probably one of the many heart-to-hearts that we started. (laughs) We came more than just employer employees. She became like my first daughter, as I call her. And I'm mama three because she already has two mamas, so I'm just (laughs) the third one. But that's okay. Yeah. All right. So once we got home, we kind of set up a routine, and I think you came two or three days a week. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And um, when you started, what did the kids bring into your life?
1: Oh, boy. Okay. So when I started, the kids were at, at challenging ages. Libby was 6, Chase was 10, and CJ was 13, 14. Uh, each of them had their own challenges. And they all needed different things. You know, they were still grieving and they were still learning how to, how to live this life without their dad. They were, they were going through things that I I couldn't relate to. And that was really challenging at the beginning. Um, I remember, you know, they, one thing I learned very quickly was the boys needed their space. The boys didn't want to talk. The boys were in their own thing. Libby, total opposite. She wanted to cuddle the whole time. She wanted to watch movies and cry and talk. And she just quickly became my best friend.
0: And how did the relationships kind of grow with the kids? Like, did the boys start to talk to you more? Yeah, did Chase not freak out oh, quite gosh. so much? <laughs> Chase.
1: Yeah, so I mean, after the first year, it got a little bit easier. Um, I learned what they liked. I learned what they didn't like. I learned how each of them are very different. And they also got to know me, which I think was a big piece of it as well. You know, it was, a, it was new for them having someone come into the house that they, they didn't know. And then all of a sudden, they're with me all the time. And they're growing and they're learning and I was doing the same. And we just had to learn how to work together. But the boys always gave me pushback. Every single thing, whether it was homework, dinner, whose turn it was, was to play Xbox. Um, I mean, everything. And then my sweet little Libby became my sidekick. Um, but over the years, they started to see me as a, as an older sister and they knew that I wasn't going anywhere. We got more comfortable with each other. We did family vacations and we had inside jokes and they finally started to treat me like, kind of like a big sister figure and it progressed
0: and so tell us some of some of the funniest stories uh i have my own versions but oh, no. you lived these stories so so tell me what you think was some of the funniest things that happened oh gosh okay so
1: one of my favorite libby quotes and to this day i just i think it is just perfect in a nutshell she was maybe 6 or 7 at the time and We just watched a a rom-com or some kind of a Disney movie where the princess falls in love. And I looked at her dead face. I said, Libby, how do I find true love? And she looked at me so serious and said, you close your eyes and wish for it. Duh. (laughs) And I will never forget being like, man, if it were that easy. That is priceless. Oh, it has stuck with me. And I tell that story all the time. But we also took a lot of family vacations together. And that was always really fun and cherished moments. Um, one of my most memorable and the kids' most memorable trips was San Francisco. Yes. Um, so I had the kids one day, and we went shopping, and we ended up at this jeweler. And I, Libby and I were looking at the earrings, and the boys were complaining, saying they wanted to go somewhere else. And the clerk at the store looked at the boys and said, boys, stop. Let your mom shop in peace. And the boys started rolling laughing.
0: Okay, Sydney. So now, how old were you at this time?
1: Oh, man, I Twenty-one? was 21. Yeah.
0: So she didn't look like their mom. No. CJ we're, was like We're talking 16. 14, 15, uh, 11, and 7, I think, at this point.
1: Yeah. I was mortified, to be honest. I mean, it was just, but it was so funny. Okay, so same day, it was a uh, probably one of the longest days of my life, nannying your kids. Uh, <laughs> as much as I love them, I wanted to strangle every single one of them by the end
0: of the day. I think, too, that this is when I was – Dating Jay and Jay and I had gone off to the uh, Napa. wine Nap, Napa. So she literally had these kids in San Francisco for like thirty-six hours yeah. by herself. So <laughs> when she says that this was the longest day of San Francisco, she's not lying.
1: <laughs> oh, so we had—I took them to dinner. You know, everyone's everyone's tired; they're exhausted. We walked around. We did the arcade. We. I mean, we were just all over the place, trying to keep them busy, trying to keep them active and explore. Um, that was something I always loved to do with the kids, was explore, because they're always up for an adventure. But the same night, we finally get back to the hotel, we're in the elevator to go up, and there's one other man in the elevator with us. And I said out loud, oh my gosh, I need a glass of wine. And out of nowhere, CJ goes, but mom, isn't that bad for the baby? And I swear to you, I turned pale. I, I turned ghost white, like mortified. Chase is rolling laughing. And then all of a sudden, Libby burst into tears saying that CJ was, quote unquote, D.
0: Which she thought was
1: drunk. Which he was not, by the way, <laughs> to my, to my uh, defense In her here. In
0: seven-year-old brain, she was thinking that he was acting drunk, Yes. He was- she'd say D because she didn't like the whole word drunk. It was like a bad <laughs> word. And I mean,
1: he was, we were on one of those long day sugar highs where everything was hilarious and they just would not stop. And this guy is looking at me like, oh my Lord, like who is, who am I in an elevator with? I was absolutely, totally mortified.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Two, so I actually text all the kids before I came over asking, you know, guys, what are some really funny stories that we have? I know like, like you, I'm struggling to remember some of them. Uh, each kid texts me back that story. You got to tell the elevator story, so they all remember it as one of our funniest moments.
0: Oh my gosh, and I remember. Th- I have forgotten the the elevator the elevator oh. part. I remember in the store the lady calling me the mom. Mm-hmm. She, that is really imprinted on Sydney's life. <laughs> because I am not their mother. Oh
1: my goodness! I mean, does uh, does CJ backing into my car twice count as funny? Oh. Because that was one of the ones he submitted to was the backing of the car. And then at one point, one night, this was Chase's favorite funny story. Um, I told c j that he could not leave the house for something. He hadn't done his homework or there was something, and I told him he couldn't go somewhere and for five minutes, he screamed at me in the kitchen that I was the devil. oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I heard that story that one was another one. <laughs> it is amazing, actually that you stayed that you lasted <laughs> because um, if you guys don't know, so let's we're 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 gonna go back just a little bit. But when she started, like um, Chase, my, my middle guy was the only one that grieved out loud. And when I'm talking about grieving, yeah. like he would fall on the ground, he would roll around and cry and say, everybody hates me. Like everybody hates me. And, um, CJ, when she says he didn't talk, he didn't talk. Like he would go to his room. He would completely shut off. So... For Sydney to even be able to break any of these barriers, it's um, kudos to you, and I thank you so much.
1: Well, they were wonderful, though. We all grew together.
0: And then, so, a lot of people, because this is my new podcast, but I was dating this gentleman named Jay, and he did take us on some great trips. He did. And then in um, 2012, Sydney was part of our wonderful little wedding, and she helped out a lot. And then... That year she continued with us, but we moved into our house, I believe 2013, and we kind of knew the kids were growing up, Sydney was needing more than I could give her, and she was kind of struggling again Yeah, where to go in your life.
1: Again, itching for a—I was itching for a change that I, I didn't know what I wanted.
0: And um, what I remember about that time is you wanting to maybe move to New York City mm-hmm. and just try something on your own and be your own woman, you yep. your what, 23 by this time maybe? Uh, 22. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because I started really dating Kyle when I was 23. Okay. So I had a girlfriend who got a job with – she just graduated college. She got a job with Sony um, that was going to take her to New York City. And that was her dream. And she talked about it all the time. And it was one of those – those dreams that you're like, wow, that sounds really, really cool. Like you
0: just want to hold on to her coattails and go, yes, I'm, gonna go, I go. I'm going to go Yes, I want to go. I'm
1: going to. And so I told her, I said, I just, you know, I'm at this point now. You know, the kids are grown up. They don't need me as much. I don't know what I want. She's like, well, move to New York. Take a chance. You know, you've got five years of nannying under your belts. Try a family in New York. Come with me. Come be my roommate. So that sounds really, really fun. So I'm like And she
0: really, really
1: wanted it to happen. I did. I was kept talking on it to
0: families and
1: <laughs> I interviewed multiple times. Um so we take a trip. I'm I'm gung ho about it. We take a trip up there, we look at all these apartments. Um I realized coming
0: from Atlanta, Georgia, yes. where space is like vastness, Abundant. Houses are big. Um trees, greenery. So then you go to this.
1: Not to mention, I lived with my parents, so I didn't pay rent.
0: Right. That's Uh, true. So there's
1: that piece (laughs) of the puzzle. That's a pretty big piece. Um, So we get up there and we're looking at these apartments and I come to very quickly find out that the two of us cannot even afford a studio apartment, much less a one bedroom or a two bedroom. Oh my goodness. Uh, We could afford a two bedroom. We actually looked at a two bedroom that we were going to share with three other girls, so five girls in a two-bedroom apartment. Oh, my gosh. And by the end of that day, I had a mild panic attack. Um, I called <laughs> I <can> my – <laughs> I called my, I told my friend at the time, I said, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, I need some fresh air. So I told her I'd be back in an hour. I go downstairs. I walk around for like 45 minutes. I find a cool brewery. I go have a beer yes. and breathe. I called my boyfriend, and I just – bald crying. And I said, this is not my dream. This is her dream. Um, I'm holding on to, like you said, her coattails. And this is just, this is not for me. And within 24 hours, he rebooked my flight and I was on the (laughs) 6 a.m. to Atlanta. So I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that I went up there and I tried. But I I think I knew the moment that we walked into that first apartment that that was not going to be somewhere I was happy.
0: And that really was good for you, at least to try. Yeah. And then to realize that wasn't your dream. It was her dream. Right. And that sometimes is hard to... It was. You know, and I, I, kn- I can be a chameleon and go, oh my God, that looks so great. I want to do that and that. And then I, I get into it and I'm like, oh, I'm not so good at, you know, surfboarding or whatever <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: I don't think any of us were good at surfboarding that year.
0: Um, Okay. So then you got a full-time nanny position here.
1: I knew I wanted to continue being a nanny. I knew that I loved kids. Kids were my passion. Um, So I found this family that needed family of three. They had a four-year-old and twin three-month-olds. I have never nannied babies before. Uh, I know no experience. Libby was my youngest and she was seven or six. (laughs) Six. (laughs) Uh, she could tell me what she liked and what she didn't like. Like it, it, I had never thought that that would be where I ended up. And the family said, you know, you have enough experience with kids. They're only going to be babies for so long. We, we want you to, to, to take this on. Um, so I said, okay, they lived about 45 minutes from me and it was a six to six job and it kicked my butt. Uh, but it was, it was phenomenal.
0: And then, um, so she did, she went from my, my, my job with her was very unstructured. <laughs> we were like, okay, can you do like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoon next week? And then Monday and Friday, you know, we were pretty flexible. So yeah. then you went to this, we played it by ear, 12 hour a day, 12, yes. five days a week, Twins. 26 days, twin babies
1: like yeah they don't tell you um at nanny school folding lo- folding oh underwear oh my gosh ironing ironing baby clothes <laughs> ironing. i will never iron baby clothes ever in my life but they don't um, they don't tell you when you want to become a nanny that sick days are not a included, thing
0: yeah. unless you're in the hospital you better you better be there okay now so sydney told me one of my <laughs> Favorite stories about her nannying here in Atlanta. I think it was in 2014, 2014. when we had Snowmageddon. That it, anybody that knows anything is when you know Atlanta shut down. Yeah, literally the snow came and ice came and people were absolutely stranded. And I know everyone laughs about it, but it really wasn't funny. It was. At the it time. was
1: the har- probably the hardest day of nannying, Seriously, <laughs> ever. ever. It was very challenging. But it turns into some funny
0: stories. It so does. tell us
1: a little bit about that day and night and what happened. Oh. So the f- I had a four-year-old and then I had the twins. The four-year-old was in daycare, um, or not daycare, she was in a pre-K program. Okay, well that day she did not go in because there was snow and she wanted to stay home and play in the snow. And I'm like, all right, cool, we'll play in the snow, that sounds awesome. It's awesome until both the parents get stranded on 75 and you're with all three kids the whole 24 hours and you have to wing it with pretty much nothing. Um, so I put, I put the kids to bed. It's, it's bedtime. I look up and we have one of those, uh, the video monitors where I can watch the kids in bed and I'm talking to the little girl on there and I'm going, Lexi, you have got, it's like 10 30 at this point. She did not want to go to bed until mom and dad got home. Well, we had no idea when they were coming home and I'm like, Lexi. I can see you. Get your butt in that bed. It's in and out. It's in and out. Finally, she goes, Miss Sydney, you silly woman. I am in bed. And I walk up there, and she has flipped herself to the other side of the bed to where I cannot see her. But sure enough, (laughs) she is telling me the truth. And I'm just like schooled by a four-year-old.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) Not to mention... My now husband, he got off work at noon, like a nice, like a nice company. They let him off at noon. He got all the way up to our house, which is about 45 minutes north of the city. And my car at the time had horrible, um, tires. And so he was in a Jeep and he's like, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming right now. I'm in Roswell. I'll be there in 20. Okay. Yeah. 20 turned into 24 hours. Um, his car slid down the hill, wrecked. He had to sleep in a church. Um, he showed up, <laughs> he showed up 24 hours later and I was just like at this point, pretty much in tears of exhaustion and it was the longest day of my life.
0: And and then tell me, you said you finally thought that the little girl was asleep and you put your head down on the couch. Oh, yes. I and, forgot about this. Um, tell me that okay, part of so the story Yes. Too.
1: So I finally put her to sleep. I laid down. It's like 11 at this point. Um, and, all of a sudden, I've been in bed for maybe 20 minutes and I hear a crash in the kitchen and I'm like, my, it's my first time staying at their house. So I'm like kind of like creeping out. Like I think I might've had a butcher knife with me. Um, and I look and she is standing, she is standing on a bar stool eating peanut or eating Nutella out of the jar with a spoon and it is all over her face. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing? Get in bed right now. And
0: what what had crashed? Was it spaghetti sauce? The spaghetti sauce
1: had crashed and shattered all over the kitchen.
0: (laughs) You should have got paid triple time for that. Oh my gosh.
1: It's definitely made for some good stories now.
0: All right. Now we're going to fast forward because, um, you went from being a nanny to a very professional woman. I did. Channel manager. Made quite the change. And, um, Tell me a little bit how you did this and, and then what happened. <laughs> so being
1: with the kids six to six and raising the twins from three months, I got very – I thought I was attached to Libby and Chase and CJ, but then I got like really attached to the twins because I felt like I raised them. And they started calling me mom at one point and that, that's when kind of the red flags start going up as a nanny because you don't, you don't want that. Um, and my now husband, so Kyle, was like, I think it's time to start looking at options. Um, so being a nanny, you you can't just give a two week notice. You know, they have to find somebody else that they trust in their home to keep their kids. So I gave a six week notice with no job lined up on the other end. Um, the mom was very upset. she didn't talk to me the entire six weeks. Uh, it was a it was a really hard time in life. Um, so the last day of me nannying, I still didn't have a job, and I was applying anywhere, anywhere I could get my foot in the door. any receptionist, any. Anything at this point, personal assistant. I knew I didn't want to be a nanny again. I wanted to try to, to you know, curve my path. Um, So my last day on the job, I just put the kids down at lunch, and I got a phone call from an IT company in Duluth, which is north of the city, and they said, "Hey, we think that you will be the perfect person to be our office manager. Do you want the job?" I started bawling, crying on the phone with HR. And I was like, yes. She goes, I haven't even told you the salary. And I said, I don't care. I just need the job. (laughs) And she said, "Okay. well, can you start Monday? Mind you, this was Friday. I said, absolutely. I will start Monday. I had no professional clothes. I had nothing besides yoga pants and tennis shoes, because that's what I had worn for seven years. Right. So it was quite the weekend. But I was so excited to have a job that it didn't matter. So I knew nothing about IT. Um, In fact, I actually, at the time, I felt like I repelled technology. Uh, Nothing. I can never make it work. So I started as their office manager, and I loved it. I was the first person that people saw when they walk in the door. I was social. I was getting to use my personality, and I really felt like I was in my zone. And I did it for about eight months. And And that's
0: very different from what you were doing because you literally were with children. All day. All day. All day, every every day. Every day. So um, I saw now I, you're like with this grown ups, and you're like, wow, this is this what is the great. real world
1: is. Yeah, I mean, the only time I saw adults when I was nannying was when I, when I got to go to the grocery store, which was a challenge in itself. I mean, right. have you ever worn twins no. in a baby Bashorn? <laughs> it's, it's hard. So, I'm, I'm being the office manager, I'm loving it. Um, the VP of sales was like, You got a really great personality, and we have no women in sales. I really think you should try this inside sales position. So, then I went from the office manager to running their inside sales department. Well, I hated that. Uh, I was in, went from being at the front and seeing people all the time and having this very open space to being in a cube. Uh, cube life is a hard life and it is not the life for me. So I did that for about a year. And then one of our, one of our partners, so the company I was at was a reseller, so they resell other technology. Okay. One of our partners had an opening for a channel manager. So okay. basically I got on Google, I Googled every description of channel manager that you can find. Um, and I learned that it was a relationship-driven position all about who you know and making, co- making connections. Okay. okay well, I'm very social. So I was like, yes, that sounds wonderful. So I interviewed for about t- two weeks. And then I got a call and said, hey, we want you in Nashville uh, for your final interview. And I left that day with a job offer.
0: Wow. Man. So that was about a year ago. You're just moving and grooving, girl. I know. So <laughs> now I work
1: for a, a global cybersecurity company. Um, and it has opened up so many cool, I've only been doing it for a year, but it has opened up so many cool opportunities. Yes. And so you're now traveling
0: everywhere. I
1: travel everywhere. Um, I work from home, and which you, is really cool.
0: Cool. And then in, in the midst of that, you, um, get engaged I and get did. married to engaged. Kyle yes. and has the cutest little wedding ever. Ugh. And, um, so you're not too busy at all because, you know, new job, new marriage, <laughs> um, you know, just being socially Sydney, you decide that maybe you want to become an entrepreneur too. Correct. Yep. Um, tell me a little bit about, um, you becoming a wellness coach yes. and, um, I think you're part of Beach Bodies now. Is that I what am. you're doing?
1: Tell us. So I have uh, I have never taken working out or wellness very seriously. I've been blessed with, with good metabolism. I've never really had to work out. Um, my husband, on the other hand, he is a fitness guru. I mean, sugar is not allowed in our house. He works out like six days a week. And when you have to like compete, not compete with that, but when you see that day in, day out, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to step up my game here. Um, so I follow, uh, my coach. Her name is Nicole Ayers Wellness, and she is one of the most encouraging people I've ever met. And she was like, said, I really think that if you jump in head first, you seem like that kind of person, which I am, jump in head first, become a beach body coach. It's going to hold you accountable. Um, That's true. and it a hundred percent has. So I've been doing that for about five months now. Okay. Um, so it's a workout program. It's a supplement program and.
0: It's and truly you, you didn't really have weight to lose cuz you're no. very good. So you're just really doing this for health purposes. Health purposes and yeah. And nutrition and exercise and all of that.
1: Yes. And I mean even eating well, you know, with all the yeah. travel that I do and it's a lot of entertaining, it's a lot of alcohol, it's yes. a lot of starchy foods, it's a lot of carbs. Yes. Um I have hor- I've always struggled with acne and every everything you read is Am I allowed to say shit on here? Sure. Shit in, shit out. <laughs> oh. If you if you do not put good stuff in your body, your skin yes. is not going to have yes. good stuff coming out.
0: Yes. And and let's just be real here. I'm now 50, and I think I've just finally learned that too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a challenge. I, I, and it is. I, I, I haven't talked a lot about it on the podcast yet, but I have, um, in the last two months, also kind of transformed my eating. I've always, since, since Mike died, I've been very much into exercise. I am not a, I do not go and work out at the gym for two hours at a time, but exercise and running and doing Zumba is like just naturally a stress relief for me. And so some days when it was really bad, that was the only thing that made me happy or made me smile. So the exercise part was okay, but I struggled with eating because I love sugar and I loved starches and I was, you know, I love wine and (laughs) all of that. So anyway, so. Oh, and it's hard with kids. And it's hard with kids. And it's hard with picky kids. It's, and it's hard with picky hard with- kids. <laughs> you have some of those.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that, that has been a new, a new phase of my life. And it, it was, like you said, it's not about losing weight. It was more about putting me first and self-love and caring about my body enough to make hard changes that even just getting into, into doing a 30-minute at-home workout. Yeah. And now Kyle and I have actually started doing like a PM
0: yoga class together. That's been fun. And so, for, for someone listening out there, um, what? Tell me one small change that maybe they could start with. Um, yeah, so mine actually started with walking the dog. Uh, um,
1: rather than just letting the dog out, I now we get in the park, we load up, we go for at least a try. I try to do like a two mile walk, and it's for me and him. He's eleven. Right. My dog is my life. So the the more that he was active and he's walking, the you know, longevity of right. his life. Right. So I started doing it for him. Right. Um, but even just walking the dog. We right. were out there for an hour. They have said now said that studies show that walking is actually sometimes even better than running for you. Yes. So that that would be my my one piece of advice. Start sure. small and do it continuously. Yes.
0: Yes. You don't have to make huge, big changes all at once. Just maybe find something that you'd like to do. And walking yes. is is super easy put good music on, listen to a great podcast, you know, <laughs> whatever, just do it. <laughs> um, okay. So tell me a little bit about, I didn't write this. This is, tell me a little bit about the vitamins though too. That, oh, yeah. Is that part of each body's or is that nope. separate? So that is separate. And how did you come upon those? Because your skin does look amazing Doesn't by the way. Oh my gosh. So, so um, I, it's called Hum Nutrition. So I
1: actually found it on Instagram. I am one of, you know, the children of Instagram. Uh, live and breathe it. Love it. It's it's my, you know, it's my thing. Um, so they, you know, it's called retargeting and it's when companies use marketing and they add, they
0: right, make right, ads right, right. to you. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: so they have all different kinds of vitamins and they're all named cool stuff. So like the, ang- the anxiety one is called chill pill ah. and it's just natural, um, some kind of root, but it it immediately chills you out. So I do all of their vitamins. I do the skin and nails. I do the basics, which is just your, it's like your base of everything that you need that you're not getting. I do the vitamin D. I do the calcium. But I'm very strategic, or not strategic, uh, strenuous. No, that's not the word either.
0: No, you're very um, regiment. Regiment. There we go. I do do not, yes, I
1: do not miss um and that really has made a difference too for my skin staying on that vitamin routine it took about a month to see right, a difference but right. i really did see a
0: difference yes and like i said i can i can tell i can tell a difference for sure okay so again now you're you know oh. got a new business yeah. you have a new job wait you have a new man, marriage and you you're doing beach bodies and then you just decide that you want to create this amazing Gratitude journal, yes. and um, so Sydney actually got me into this gratitude journal. I've I've kind of become a little bit of an Instagram junkie too, because you know I try to channel my twenties <laughs> often as I can, and my kids just hate it. But I have this. I don't know, I have this little need inside of me. It's my inner 25-year-old that somehow comes out. And it's says, fun.
1: It's so fun. It's fun. And it's kind of
0: addicting. <laughs> and um, I, along with my um, eating healthier and drinking less, I've kind of tried to build my faith since January. And one of the things that Sydney was doing is she was posting these pictures of her gratitude journal and how um, every day she writes... Um, can't even remember what yep. do we write? So
1: I try to do three three things that I'm grateful for in the morning. Yes, um, and and again, I'm in the beginning stages of my book, so I started really small. I have an iPad and an Apple Pencil, and I just started one day. I said these are these are what's important to me.
0: And she's very artsy because we we kind of skimmed over this, but um, she said the only yeah. thing she ever felt connected to when she's been going through all of her changes is this art. beautiful art that she yes. does. So well, she. Kind of built off of that. I did. And I mean,
1: to the part with the art, art has been a – it has been a pillar of my life for so many different things. Um, I am dyslexic. I have ADHD. And throughout my entire schooling and high school and middle school and even into college, the only way that I could focus was with, was if I had something to do with my hands. So that started the doodling. Um, we put it to the test in high school. I had one teacher that would let me doodle and one that would not. I made A's in one class and C's in the other. Hmm. Um, I put
0: it to Teachers the Teachers out there.
1: Yes. And I knew that it I knew that the doodling was going to be something that I just I just I loved it. It it took me to a place where I was happy. So I I got an Apple Pencil and an iPad and that has been super cool. I've been able to expand my my horizons with my art.
0: And you kind of realized what I realized with this gratitude journal and so it's gratitude but what I do is gratitude um Kind of um, personal growth. Personal growth, um, yep. Something that you're working on for that day. Yep. And then... um, So So it's I call it the knockout list. And so it's a top five to seven... To-do list. To-do list, yeah.
1: Um, I've gotten some really good feedback from some of my girls. that They're like, Sid, we're super busy. Five is not enough. (laughs) So I'm making some adjustments. um, Your knockout list. And then the thing that, that really is important to me that I am now learning, especially with this wellness journey that I'm on... Um
0: is the affirmations and the words to live by. And and this is something that I feel like even cleaning out our junk drawers, um, especially women, we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we do. And you know, you learning kind of in your twenties that words to live by, affirmations, um it really good enough. I'm capable, I can do hard things, I'm a badass. Yes. Uh, that's Angela Messenic. I probably probably will get mad. Um she'll get mad about that. But anyways. Just yeah, and and every day writing something different that you're you're yep. good at or you can be good at. And so I try to do it of
1: um, who I am, who I want to be, and where I'm going. Like I try to try to ask questions of, okay, what's next? Right. Um, and granted, sometimes mine are repetitive. I can do hard things. That is typically always on my list because I have to continually tell myself that you can do hard things.
0: I write that a lot too, and I write I am capable a lot because sometimes I'm my first words is I can't do that, yeah, and I have to remember that I am capable and I can do that. Um, Also, sometimes you know if you're in a funky mood in the morning, the gratitude is as simple as um, my cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, sunshine and bed that I had to get out of, you know. So it's not always like huge, big. Yeah, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, this magical world that we live in. So it's really simple things. Yes. And it just makes your day start out a little greater, doesn't it?
1: Yep. And I learned very quickly in that the first couple of days of doing the gratitude journal, I was trying to be really thoughtful. And then I'm like, you know what? I am grateful for hot coffee and my kind of creamer that I like. (laughs) And that will start your day off right Right. on the right foot. It also helps me. I'm super disorganized. So just being able to breathe for a second in the morning and put it all on paper really helps to stay organized and to stay on task.
0: Yes. I, I am definitely um, type B too. I am I yeah. I can I stack and that's where all my junks have, have <laughs> become, you know, like I just push it in a drawer and, you know, I, I joke about it, but when you push all that stuff in the drawer and you close the door and everybody thinks that you're as most amazing, beautiful, whatever going on, and then you open that door, and all of a sudden, all that crap comes falling out. Yes, so it's really nice to have every morning that you can kind of throw that crap down there on on a piece of paper, and then yep. you don't have to carry around.
1: Yep, I word vomit. That's exactly yeah. what I do. I word vomit every morning on my paper. I'm like, put it all out there, um, and I do calligraphy on there too for the for the growth and for the days of the week because. If I'm creative in the morning, I notice that I just I get in a better headspace.
0: Wow. That's really great. Yeah,
1: that's been a new a new thing.
0: And then I love that you have put like a little box for it's called get moving. And it doesn't have to be two hours in the gym with, you know, an instructor and crazy crossfit training. It can be It can be walking the dog yoga. You know.
1: Even a stretching session. Yeah. Anything just to get your body moving. Is really what the goal of it is. I've added a water tracker, real simple water tracker oh, too. See, that's awesome. And then by request, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Little, just little spots where you can fill in your day to make it easy in the nighttime. Nice. Um, but the get moving thing is a really big piece of it because if I don't kind not if I don't plan it, it's not going to happen. But if I don't write it down and kind of make that intention for the day, I'm not going to fall through. Right. So I, if I if it's on paper, I try to
0: try to live and breathe <laughs> by the paper. <laughs> that's uh, I'm just so proud of you Sydney I just uh, you have come so far from where you started as when we met in Guatemala you know we both being so lost and yeah and um now we're kind of on a cool track we are we're figuring it out okay so I'm gonna get a little tough for just a minute and um, we're gonna dig deep so are you finding yourself cleaning out your junk that you've hidden in your soul and if you have um How are you doing it and um, what tools are you using?
1: Yeah. So I feel like I've kind of just started diving into the junk in my soul. Um, I've started figuring out that for a long time I have put other people's needs ahead of my own and other people's happiness and other people's wellness.
0: And I think that women in general, we do this a lot. Listen to her, ladies. Yeah. And I mean, I'm
1: so I'm 28, throwing that out there. And all my girls that I talk to say the same thing. The moment I voiced it, they're like, wow, I do that too. Um, It's a lot more prevalent than I think that we're aware of. So I have really tried to kind of take a step back um, and look at myself from the inside out and say, all right, these are the few things that I'm struggling with and these are the things – this is my junk that I've been pushing down for a long time. Getting healthy, that is my junk. I start it, I quit. Yeah, Start it, I quit. So making that a really strong intention in my life, and it's really helped also having Kyle and having someone who's on that healthy right. track too. Right. Um, and then I've got some other girlfriends who are, like said, by by starting this and and starting it myself, I'm bringing my husband along with me. Yeah. So that's been I've, fun. I've done that
0: too. Yep. And um, I think just the way you um, present yourself on Instagram too, it makes it fun. Yeah. It makes it look- Lighthearted. You know, lighthearted. That's a great word. Lighthearted and- Anybody can do this. Yes, come on, um, very inspirational. Thank so, you. Um, keep doing that. Thank you.
1: Well, a lot of the stuff with the junk too is that I'm learning. Okay, that that thing that's in the junk door that sparks no joy. Yeah. And if you watch Maria um, <laughs> condo, oh my goodness, y'all, everything is sparking joy. The amount of the amount of memes. Like I read a meme yesterday that said all right, friends, it's time to spark joy. If you're not sparking joy in my life, you're out in 24 hours. And I died that laughing. That is so
0: funny. Oh, my gosh. So my husband, Jay, he put a pair of socks on the the, the bed. Okay, and I'm trying to do the Marie Kondo thing, but I my, I just get so overwhelmed. So I do like one <laughs> drawer at a time. But he brings and he puts this pair of socks on the bed. And I was like, what are, what are these socks doing on the bed? He goes, oh, they don't bring me joy. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, oh, "Wow!" I love it. He, I think he watched maybe one episode, but it was so funny. He goes, are they haven't brought me joy for a very long time." So oh. it was really funny. Okay, well, Kyle
1: thinks that I'm a hoarder, which, yeah. I, I mean to his defense I am a little I am an artist so I truly believe that everything has a second purpose right. and mm-hmm. that I can reuse it again in an art project okay that is not true no. okay first of all so I asked Kyle like, we were doing the Marie thing and we're talking about spark and joy and he goes yeah everything that doesn't spark joy in my in this house and in my life I just put it out in your art studio oh. I'm like oh great so now I've got a joyless studio awesome but it's been it's oh. been really fun but um Sparking joy and making making those conscious choices to to better myself and really to focus on self love, right? Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, um, nutrition. I think that
0: you um have made yourself a little more vulnerable yeah. too. Um, I can see maybe the tough shell from you, um, cracking a little bit, and um, I do that. I think mine is cracking a little too because I have the power through it mentality that all right, I'm just going to power through this until the end, and when I started to kind of become a little more vulnerable, putting myself out there, it's amazing. people yeah. are like people oh, respond. Yeah, I, I feel that way too, and even with this this drinking the the less that I've been drinking, I thought, oh my gosh, I am going to like be criticized, I'm going to be um maybe I hate to say made fun of, but people may might not want to be around me anymore because I don't know it was something that was super like important to me, but I didn't really know what other people would say. And I can't tell you the amount of people that have come up and said, all right, so I'm not doing it totally, but I've stopped drinking one or two days a drink week, or I really commend you what you're doing. Nobody has not invited me to a party. So I guess (laughs) I'm still okay. You're still fun. (laughs) Sydney and I are totally sober right now and we're having a great time. So (laughs) anyway, I mean, I think that the things that we sometimes feel scared of and we just put in our drunk, our, our inner junk soul Um, when we let them go and they, they haven't sparked joy or they do spark joy or you're scared that vulnerability, people see it and they like, like,
1: wow, I've gotten, I've gotten more and you know, with social media now, everyone's had that social media conversation. We all know how harmful social media can be. Yes. Putting yourself out there. That was a huge thing for me. Right. I've got my image on social media. I like this image that I've built. Right.
0: Of course. I like
1: all my pictures. They make right. me look like this really cool girl who travels all the time and has a super hot husband. Um, but the more that I put myself out there, I've actually gotten so much honest feedback. Right. I've had friends that I haven't seen in years that are like, all right, Sid, I see you working out. I'm going to the gym. I'm like,
0: awesome. boom, if
1: I can spark that in one girl. Right. That means someone else is, is working on their right. wellness journey. And they
0: tell two friends. And they, they tell, tell two exactly. friends. So, yes. It's positive it's reinforcement. A trickle-down theory, I think it's called. Yes. And um, so I think that's awesome. Okay. So we are going to wrap it up here. And uh, I'm going to ask everybody in my podcast that comes and is a interviewee um, this last question because I think it's kind of funny. Um what is the funniest or weirdest thing that you've ever found in a junk drawer or a closet? Oh, gosh.
1: So first things first, there's another meme that is floating around that describes me to an absolute tea that my best friend sent me. And it's a picture of a girl sitting in the middle of her bedroom with all of her junk around her. She's got a mask on her face. She's reading old notes. And she's totally distracted by all the cool stuff. Because she's like, wow, I haven't seen this stuff in years. Okay, oh. That is me. <laughs> Trying to clean out a junk drawer takes me like six hours because yes. I have to I have to evaluate every single right. thing. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can part ways with that yet. So it ends up in the studio. Right. Um. But I lucked in my junk drawer and there's three things that I've found. Um, a handful of single earrings where I'm convinced that I will <laughs> find the match. I swear I'm like, that earring match is going to turn up one day. I can't get rid of it. Oh so goodness. I've got at least seven pairs of single earrings.
0: And did you get rid of them or no? No, they're still there. Oh, so I you can't. Think maybe you just I get s- your I'm, other ear pierced and you just wear one. Over you there? know, it's actually become
1: a cool thing now if you wear mismatch earrings.
0: Is oh, like what the yeah?
1: You know, that's <laughs> what the the teenagers are telling me. All right, I'm cool. Get some advice from Libby on that one. That's funny. Um, I found an iPad, an iPod from the 2000s. Oh, I uh,
0: think I have one of those yeah. too. Well, Did, mine doesn't work. Yeah, mine doesn't either. So work.
1: I I parted ways with Did that. You, it ended up have, in the trash can.
0: Mine's still in the it's still in the drawer over there. I Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. I
1: have uh, a flip phone, people. Oh my, do it you does really? Not work Either
0: no, I can't get rid of that flip phone. No, you it's gotta red save a it. Light in no, you gotta in save it
1: for the grandkids yeah. because one day they're gonna be like, Come on, what is that thing? And they can take it in for show and tell. That's true. That's what you gotta do. The oh last thing that I found. This is a quick story, but. Um, When I was growing up, I was, like I said, I was ADD and dyslexic, so I was not good at school. I never really made great grades. I was always terrified when the report card came home. So you said, what's the funniest thing you found in your closet? Well, when we moved out of my parents' house – we looked in a storage closet that was hidden in my closet, and it was like seven years of report cards that I tried to hide from my parents. <laughs> that would get mailed to you. I would intercept them in the mail, and I would just trash them in the closet.
0: Oh my god! So that
1: was pretty funny.
0: That that is pretty funny. That's hysterical, right there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Sid, it has been a pleasure to talk with you today. Yes, I know thank you that for having me, um, people out there are just going to uh, fall in love with you just like I have, and. Um, She's got, you guys listen to this again, because this didn't come easy. She's got ADHD. Mm -hmm. She had, she had severe anxiety and, um, now she's just like this yoga mom model. Um, (laughs) anyway, so she just simple, small changes, simple,
1: small changes every Um, day though.
0: Every day. That's good. Consistency. So when you're starting ladies or one, the two or three gentlemen that are out there, Something simple you can do every day. I yeah. think that's great advice, Sydney. Great. So tell everyone, um, where can they find you should they want to um, uh, follow you on any of those social media places? Yes. Yeah,
1: so Instagram is going to be your best bet. Um, it's simple. It's wellness with Sid, uh, Sid with one D, S-Y-D. Um, and then we're also on Etsy, and hopefully that's where I'm going to sell the planners.
0: Okay. And is that still on with, uh, is that under Malia's it's, market? Or? It's under, uh, I'm going to change that. We're okay. going to change it to Wellness, everything's with, it. Everything's with, everything's wellness, gonna wellness with Sid. Everything's going to be Wellness with Sid. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking with me today. Thank it was you for great. having me. It was so much fun. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Oh, wow. Haven't you just fallen in love with Sydney? She's so open, honest, and kind, and tells the funniest stories. We could have gone on for hours. Please check her out at Wellness with Sid and give her a thumbs up. Stay tuned next week when my courageous friend, Monty Young, visits and shares her tender and revealing story about her battle with breast cancer. Until then, we'll see you later. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you like it, you can go over to iTunes and subscribe and give me a rating. You can also leave comments and questions. You can also find me at suemangum.com or mylifeisajunkdrawer.com. Hope to hear from you soon.